I feel like right now I have 10 wonderful doors open for goodness and prosperity and blessings and luck to flow in. And if I didn't say yes, if I was too afraid that I couldn't handle it, there'd be so much that I wouldn't know. Welcome to episode 14 of the Start Right Now podcast. If you caught our Monday pump up this week, you know that we are talking about getting started before you're ready. Today's episode is really gonna focus on how saying yes can help you evolve your career and open new doors of possibility. You're listening to the Start Right Now podcast. I'm your host, Chloe McKenzie, and I'm glad you're here for the epic conversations that will take you from aspiring to actualizing your dreams. Let's get started right now. Welcome back to another episode of the Start Right Now podcast. Now today we have a very special guest on the show. She's very special to me in a lot of ways, but for you who are creatives and creators out there, I think you're going to be really inspired by Lisa Michelle's story. Now Miss Lisa Michelle, she is a musician, she is a songwriter, a producer, an entrepreneur. She is uh, a person of many talents uh, and you can imagine there's a lot that has taken her to this point where she's had lots of different opportunities to pursue these different creative talents. So today we're going to get into it, hear her story, um, and she's going to share some tips I think will be very helpful for all of you. So welcome to the show, Miss Lisa Michelle. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Is it weird uh, being on the other side of the, the mic here and being interviewed about all the things? I think so, yes, because I... I love being on camera and even on a microphone, but those things are always scripted, the things that I do. <laughs> so it's always a little more nerve wracking to just be loose, just be talking about myself as, as a real human being and not pretending to be someone else. Well, yourself is exactly what we want today. So I want to dig into our rapid fire questions. This is really for our audience to get to know a little bit more about you. So are you ready for the rapid fire? Yeah. All right, here we go. First question. What are you working on right now? Right now I'm working on auditions. I'm always auditioning for different projects on film and TV. And I'm always, always pushing forward my business, AriesGarden.com. And my new one, I love Taba. <laughs> All right. Three words to describe your creative process. Sporadic, <laughs> adventurous, and fun. What is your superpower? Positivity. I have to agree with you there. Uh, words that you live by, whether it's a favorite quote or passage or just words that you hold close. Remember your magic. And tell me something you cannot live without. Faith. Very nice. Those are good <laughs> ones. I wish I had some better words. What was it like for you to, to step out uh, way back when as a professional artist full-time? Uh, it took me a long time to get to the point where I could call myself a professional artist. To me, I'm not sure how other people define it, but I defined it as someone paying me to do my art. <laughs> so I've been an artist for a long time since I was a kid. My my dad, my mom put me in piano and dance lessons since I was six. And then um, following through to high school, then I started doing community theater, community musical theater and school plays and things like that. Still not a professional artist. Um, I, I didn't take the adventurous route or what I thought was the adventurous route in going to post-secondary for uh, performing arts. I thought, well, it could only be a hobby, so I'll do something more serious, which I did. And 
I'd say it wasn't until after graduating <laughs> from college and taking the plunge and getting an agent and actually auditioning and getting hired to perform that I considered myself all right, I'm a professional artist. It's so true. I think especially for creative types, there's a lot of us that have kind of this creative seed, this passion, this interest, um, but to actually make the leap and call yourself, you know, full-time professional in that realm, you know, put your stake in the sand can be such an overwhelming thing. And I know, especially in your particular pursuits, I imagine you heard no a lot, even when you decided that this was going to be your path. Um, what's it like being in a profession where you're constantly being challenged to reevaluate, like, is this what I want to do? You know, all the criticism, all the no's to keep pushing forward. You know what? I find that I almost wish I got more criticism. I find what the hardest thing about being an actor, at least in film and TV, is not getting enough feedback. It's about getting radio silence after you do an audition that you think you killed and nailed it. And you're like, for sure, I'm going to hear back for at least a callback. And then you hear nothing. And not knowing what it was that didn't get you the callback. Was it how I performed it? Was it how I looked? Was it something I can't change, like uh, my race, my height? <laughs> or was it something I can change? Was it my weight? Was it my skill set? Because you can invent so many reasons in your head why you weren't successful at something. And to me, that is the harder part. I would rather <laughs> get a nice detailed note. <laughs> you know, we like this or this, 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 and we would love to see you again if you could improve this or that. And once in a while you do get that, like if it's for a bigger role and you're on your third callback, then yes, the casting director is going to invest more time into telling your agent what they would like to see in the next go rounds. But usually you just hear nothing. You either got the job or you didn't. And to me, that's the hardest part because I think anyone, but perhaps especially an artist, you're going to invent a million reasons why you didn't get it. And sometimes you can be really cruelly imaginative with yourself about why you didn't get it when a lot of times it might have absolutely nothing to do with anything you can control. For sure. Sometimes it can be so hard to separate the art from the person mm -hmm. and that, you know, the criticism not to take it as like a personal like a personal character attack, right? Yeah. To really think about, okay, this is just feedback I'm getting on my art mm -hmm. and it's an opportunity to improve for mm -hmm. sure. When did you notice you were starting to pick up momentum? Because uh, you now find yourself booking commercials, booking movies, booking you know roles on, on big time shows on Netflix, like Black Mirror. Was there a point where it just started to change for you? I'd say I feel like the momentum is more perceived from the outside in, like from the inside, when I'm looking at it too closely, it doesn't feel like momentum at all until I take a step back or until someone as kind as you points out the accomplishments that uh, I've written in my bio. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I did do more this year than I did last year. And I did do more last year than I did the year before. I always have to take a step out to realize that. But a lot of times, like while I'm in it, it feels like oh, I got to hustle. And it feels like there's gaps between the successes where some Sometimes I did feel like, all right, I got it. I, I've, I've made it now. This is how it's going to be. I've booked three things in the last couple months. That means I've made it. And then you feel like you're going to start going on a fast moving train. And then as the industry would have it, <laughs> then everything slows down or changes and you're back to hitting the pavement all the time with not as frequent results. And you're like, what did I do differently? And oftentimes you didn't do anything differently. It's just depends on what projects are in town and what roles are for you. And 
et cetera, et cetera. But I'd say when I do take that step back and look at the trajectory of my career over the last X amount of decades, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm close to two decades in it, um, then I can say, yes, I absolutely did accomplish a lot and I did gain overall momentum. And I think a lot of that had to do with fixing and healing myself and having building my own confidence within myself and not relying too much on the external factors that I can't control anyways. So it's not to say that I don't care what a casting director thinks. Of course I care. Or of course I care what productions think, etc. But knowing when I've prepared as well as I could prepare, that I'm trained as well as I'm going to be trained, that I put my best foot forward and gave that audition or that project, whatever I had, the best that I had in that moment, and leaving it there. I came and brought my whole self. And that's literally all I could do is bring my whole self every time. So if that's not enough for this job or that job, then that job just wasn't for me. Not throwing the baby out with the bath water and being like, oh, what was me and how I used to want to quit this industry every year because it didn't feel like it was sustainable. Knowing that, you know what, I am very talented. I give it the best that I have in the moments that I'm given. And that's all I can do. And what's for me is for me. And what's not for me is not for me. Mm, so powerful. I think what sets you apart to just, again, from being somebody on the outside looking in, you're somebody who's very inspiring. And we do see your your accomplishments and your progress. I love that you can reflect back on what you've done. But I also really notice you're always looking forward and you're your artistry has evolved and you're taking on now the title of entrepreneur, multiple businesses, uh, you know, producer, you've got a, an upcoming short film, Rainbow Baby. Uh, tell us about what it's like to kind of wear these new hats, a step into roles that are completely new for you. Um, I think I'm a little crazy. I think it boils down to that. I say yes to a lot of things sometimes before fully examining the entire scope of the of the involvement that will be required of me. But that has worked out in my favor more often than not. So yes, sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm juggling too much. I'm tired. I don't know how to schedule all of these things appropriately. That is definitely a real thing. But what saying yes to a lot of things has done for me is open doors. I feel like right now I have 10 wonderful doors open for goodness and prosperity and blessings and luck to flow in. And if I didn't say yes, if I was too afraid that I couldn't handle it, there'd be so much that I wouldn't know. Like I'll use the producing aspect as one of them. So I can't say that this time last year, I had any aspirations to produce films. I love being on camera. I love being on stages. I love performing. Um, the only thing I've maybe dabbled in is a little bit of uh, script writing, which I'm not so great at. <laughs> but I never thought I'd want to be a producer of any kind for film and television, that is. And then um, a friend of mine who I performed with in Band Ladies, a web series that is super fun, that was super fun. But she is a an amazing writer and producer of many different projects, including band ladies. And she was producing this short film called Rainbow Baby. She was submitting it to um, a script lab competition. And in that competition, you had to have a writer, a director, and a producer on board already in order to submit your project. And she had written it. So she couldn't put herself down as all three. After having worked with me on band ladies, she's like, hey, I wrote this script. It's a short script. It's 10 minutes long. Can you read it over? And if you like it, if you enjoy the story and you want to be a part of it, 
can you um, enter the script lab competition with me as producer? And if we win, produce it. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I, I was, you know, when you somebody asks you something that you think you're incapable of, you kind of do that look over your shoulder, like, are they talking to me? <laughs> I, I vividly remember almost like slightly laughing as I was responding back to her being like, yeah, like you do know that I haven't produced anything, <laughs> right? Like you're, <laughs> you're aware of this in case you read something somewhere else and had some mixed up idea of what I'm capable of. I'm like, you know that you know me as an actor, but I'm like, I've never produced anything before. So if you're okay with that, I'm okay to give it a shot. And she's like, yeah, no, I know that. That's cool. And she's like, I've produced before, so I can definitely help you along the way. All the doubts and fears that I had about getting involved as a producer, she was like, you could do this. She's just like, it's totally clear to me, like, or I wouldn't have asked you. And I'm like, okay, like, let's do this. And it was definitely an uphill climb from there, an extremely steep learning curve <laughs> for me as a producer. We produced this through a pandemic. <laughs> so my first production experience was through this mayhem of a year. Piece and of cake, right? Piece of cake. <laughs> and there was so, 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 so many challenges. And thankfully, I had a lot of help from another producer, writer named Joanna Swan, and we were able to get it done. So being on the other side of it now, as much as during it, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never, ever, ever going to produce again. This is so crazy. Um, and now, now I'm like, I have never known more about the making of film than I do right now. And I've been mm -hmm. involved in film and TV for, like I said, for almost two decades on a professional level. And in this summer, I learned more about every position that goes into filmmaking, like about budgeting, about uh, fundraising, like just so many aspects of a film that I never had to think about before as an artist, as a performing artist. So now even if I do decide that I'll never produce again, still up in the air, um, even if I do decide that, I'm definitely a better collaborator, even just as an actor on set, because I understand more about what's going on and what everybody needs. Mm -hmm. You have such an appreciation for everybody's role. Right. And I would say I, I was never the kind of person to dismiss what anybody else was doing on set. I, I would fully admit that I just didn't know what the hell they were doing. But um, I, I definitely, definitely have a, a larger appreciation and know that you need each and every single one of them to make these things happen. Mm -hmm. What did you learn about yourself through this process? Actually, I learned something from you that I applied to this role as producer. And I don't remember where or when I learned it from you, whether it was something you had written or something you had said a long time ago, but about asking questions. And you said, I think it was one time I was asking you about how do you move ahead so quickly in your career? Because everything you touch turns to gold. Um, it's true. It's true. And again, this might be how it looks with the outside in, but this is how it looks. I'm like, how do you do it? I'm totally paraphrasing, but you said something to the effect of you're not afraid to ask questions. People are always afraid to ask questions out of fear of looking silly or feeling like, you know, they, they, they don't know something that they should know. But if you don't know, you just need to ask. And that's really what I did throughout this entire process. Like I didn't parade around to people who are even less, let's say, quote unquote, lower in the hierarchy of filmmaking, which now I know there's no such thing. But um if I, you know, I'm talking to the gaffer on a film, I had no idea what that involved. So I would just ask them straight up, like, what do you need? <laughs> what do you need from me? Like kind of thing. And or if they would say something in a term that I didn't understand, be like, 
I'd ask, spell it out. What does that mean? What do you need? Where can I get that? How can I get that? Can I give you money from the budget to get it yourself <laughs> or whatever it is? Like, But I wasn't afraid to ask anybody in any position above, beside or below me what I didn't understand. And that's the only way to get answers. And you just have to humble yourself to be like, yeah, I'm the producer. And yeah, the people I hired might think that I've done this before, but I haven't. And I'm okay to say that. <laughs> I'm okay to say that and just get an understanding of what I need to do and what everyone needs so that this can move forward. I think what I learned from this is it's just so much easier to get things done if you put your ego to the side <laughs> and just if you make your sole focus to getting the job done and doing it well, you can get so much more accomplished instead of pussyfooting around um, your pride. I'm always a weary of people that I meet that ask no questions because I'm like, are you really thinking about what's happening right now, right? Man, you just got to ask. You can't be afraid of how it looks because chances are if you have a question, so does somebody else. <laughs> So true. And it's a, that's a perfect example of how the leader isn't necessarily the one that knows um, all the things about everything, but it is the one that is willing to take on the discomfort in the room, willing to mm -hmm. do something for the collective to, you know, move the mission forward. So mm -hmm. good for you. <laughs> totally. Now, I, like you, have uh, some little babies at home and uh I know the pursuit <laughs> of ambition, pursuit of your career aspirations definitely changes uh, quite a lot when you have kids in terms of your approach to getting these things done. Um, your daughter uh, has already uh, made her way into acting and is booking gigs. And I wonder what it's like <laughs> for you balancing, introducing her to this world, as well as still finding time to accomplish the things that you really want to do with your your life? It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. Um, it was a no-brainer to me to get her involved in the business because for two reasons. Number one, I love the business. So you feel like as a parent, if you love and enjoy something, you, you hope that your child will love and enjoy the same thing. And I totally acknowledge I'm not going to be the stage mom that if, you know, she gets to the point where she's like, I hate this, can I stop? will absolutely stop because it's hard work for me as well. She's super little. She's only five. So when she auditions for anything, I or or Kirk, my husband, has to be there to teach her the lines, to help her rehearse, to obviously get her there <laughs> to the audition and uh, also get her to the job if she books it. It's like having two jobs, essentially. And she's very successful at it. She's had this personality forever. But the second reason was she was a born entertainer. And anyone who meets her can attest to this. Since she was about one and a half, she was making you laugh. If she saw that something made you laugh, she's going to do it again. And she's going to lean in harder the second time to see how much more reaction she can get out of you. And she's so good at it. Um, so much so that her agent chased her. It was a relationship with another agent that I have on Instagram. And it sounds like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this lady. I knew this lady because she's been in the industry a very long time. But we connected on Instagram and she saw all the antics and the hilarious shenanigans my daughter was always getting up to. So she would message me, hey, so does your daughter act too? If she's looking for an agent, ha ha ha, elbow, elbow, wink, wink. And she did that more than once. And I was like, hey, you know what? She doesn't have an agent. And I think it would be fun to see what, whether she would like this business or not. And my agent wasn't taking small kids at the time. So sure enough, we met up with them and Mackenzie was all smiles and rainbows and lollipops. And they're like, oh, please, can we please represent her? And 
yeah, the rest is history. If she auditions, she's getting it. I, I could only dream of having her, her audition audition booking ratio. So she obviously gets it from, from her mama, for sure. <laughs> well, what's next for you then? Talk to us about Aries Garden, about your newest venture, I Love Tava, and how we can support your new businesses. You know what? I have a huge love affair with my Aries Garden business. So Aries Garden is a metaphysical self-care shop that's exclusively online. Um, And I sell incense, sage, crystals, crystal jewelry, all the things that helped ground me and the tangible tools that I use for grounding and self-care and meditation. So it's something that I've wanted for a very long time. And it's something that came to mind long before this pandemic, but it wasn't until the pandemic where I was like, well, now's as good a time as any. When at the start of the pandemic, there was no auditioning, there was no work to be had as a performer on stage or on set. And it was a scary time for a lot of people for obvious reasons and slightly depressing, <laughs> to be quite honest. And I got to this phase of uh, anxiety and not clinically diagnosed anxiety, but just anxiety as an adjective, I guess, or anxious as an, as an adjective. And I started to use the things that I use sporadically. I started to use them much more regularly. Like I burn sage to clear the energy in my home. Like I, I walk around the corners and I say, um, all negativity, all negative entities, all negative energy, you're asked to leave and never return. And I walk around my house doing that. I would do that once in a while kind of thing. But once this pandemic hit and the anxiety rose, I found myself needing to do it all the time, like all the time. It's the only thing that helped settle me. And um, I used to like occasionally open uh, a Bible here and there. And then I felt like, okay, Psalms 91, (laughs) I need to read that every day. The unknown was so scary to me um, on so many levels. And all of the things that I bought to help myself feel grounded, all the incense, all the sage and Um, I'm only newly into crystals. I'm only newly getting, I only have um, what some crystal collectors would call a small collection. I just started slowly getting into that. But all of these things that were helping to keep me sane and grounded and just keep things in perspective and settle my nerves. I was like, I can't be the only one that this stuff is effective for. I know, I know for a fact, I'm not the only one. If if it's sold, (laughs) if it sells somewhere, then other people are buying it. And I was buying so much of it during the start of this pandemic that I was like, I started to notice that a, a lot of the things that existed only online were coming from the U S. And also I noticed that all the shops that I would shop at locally, only one of them had on an online store. The rest of them just closed completely Hopefully they're open again now, but they had closed completely. So I was like, there's not a lot of places to get these things that I really, really love and quite frankly that I need. And so as I was looking for more and more ways to fill my house with them, I was like, I should just buy this stuff wholesale, the amount of things that I'm buying. And then I actually sat with that thought. I'm like, no, I should really buy this stuff wholesale and I should really sell it because I can't be the only person in Canada looking for these things who doesn't want to pay um, U.S. shipping fees, et cetera, et cetera. So 
I started doing that. I'm like, you know what? I've been saying this in the way back of, of my head. I'd love to own a meta- metaphysical shop. I love the feeling and all the magic I feel when I walk into those shops. And I'm like, now I can make it a reality. I literally have nothing else to do. <laughs> this was at the top of the pandemic. I literally walked myself through all the stages. I opened a Shopify. I Shopify has many videos on how to use them because they want you to use their platform. So I watched a whole bunch of those. And then I started looking for wholesalers. And I'm like, well, I have to look for Canadian wholesalers or it defeats the purpose of what I'm trying to do and not pay, not go outside of Canada to get what I need. All I could find that sold the kinds of things that I wanted was an incense. I'm like, this is what I'm going to start with. And I'm like, and if I have to start with only this one product, that's what I'm going to do. And I could have waited until I had the money to get all of the things I want because I didn't want to be just an incense shop. I'm like, I love crystals. I love sage. I love candles. I, I want my own branded matches and I want all of these things. But I'm like, you know what? If I don't start now <laughs> with the money that I have and the access that I have, I might never start. I might never start again. So I just did it. So I bought the minimum amount of incense that I needed to buy. I got my business license, opened that Shopify and I made my own logos, and I'm not a graphic designer. My talents generally lie on stage or in front of a camera, but I used um, like these template apps to make my logo and to and Shutterstock to buy the images for my logo and all this stuff, and using like free trials here and there, and just quitting <laughs> the free trials on time to get what I needed done. And here we are. Here we are. Almost uh, what's it? Five five months later. Everything that you've done in music and acting and being nimble has really prepared you to be an entrepreneur, you know, starting scrappy, you know, starting just by identifying what's a need in the marketplace. If you were looking for it, then you know that others are and others would be. Identifying an actual need in the marketplace, mm-hmm. I think, is where, where people don't spend enough time. So we have our sage that we, we got from your shop. We have our incense that we burn around the house regularly. And it does help to change the energy and change the mood of the house for sure. So I credit you for that. Nice. I really, I really, well, I'm glad you I'm glad you're finding that because I really do find it helps me. So artist, musician, entrepreneur, producer, what is next for you? <laughs> What is next for me? It's expanding on all of these things. Like I don't plan on stopping. I enjoy getting older. I really do because I'm more confident now than I ever was. And I have more faith in myself than I ever did. And I'm feeling more in control of where things go. So I'm excited about expanding on my Aries Garden business. And as much as I was totally okay with starting Scrappy, I have no regrets about that. And starting with one product (laughs) on the shelf. And now I already have a number of different products. And I'm so I'm looking forward to fulfilling the full spectrum of things that I want to offer, including like books and and classes and things like that through Aries Garden. I'm looking forward to, as an actor, to reaching heights that I haven't reached before. So I've accomplished so much as an actor this year, which is so surprising, at least to me, of all years. But I've performed in certain roles that are bigger than anything I've done in any other year. So in spite of what's going on outside of me, in spite of what's going on in the world, my acting career is still moving forward and getting better and bigger every time. So what's next for me is just coming fully into my own. I can't, I can't wait to reach what I think would be the ultimate success. <laughs> and yes, it has a lot to do with money. I have, I have goals on how much I want to earn. I have goals on the scope of roles that I want to be offered <laughs> as an actor. And 
I feel more confident than ever that I'm going to achieve all of those things. Well, we are right behind you, supporting you every step of the way and are so proud of everything that you've done so far. And we're rooting for you. Thank you so much. I feel it. Now, where can people <laughs> connect with you if they want to look at some of your work, check out the, the short film, buy your products? Where can they find you online? Instagram is kind of where I live online. I'm trying to expand on that. I'm terrible on Facebook, so don't even go there. Um, on Instagram, it's yes, Lisa Michelle. That's my main page where you can find the the center of all the spider legs that'll lead you out to my Aries Garden page, to my Tava page, to my IMDB page. That's pretty much the nucleus is my Yes Lisa Michelle account. But if you want to go straight to the shopping goods and get something off of Aries Garden, you can go to AriesGarden.com and um, also a new network marketing business that's black owned that I'm also excited about. You can go to ILoveTava.com. Amazing. Well, thank you for the conversation today. For all of you that were listening to this episode, uh, I hope what you take away is your potential is limitless. The amount of opportunities that exist for you are possible if you are to say yes. Have confidence, believe in yourself. Knowing that um, a lot of times you're going to stumble, you're going to fall, you're going to hear no, but perseverance, grit, confidence will get you there. And at least, at very least, learning something new about yourselves. Have a community on Facebook for us to rally together, collaborate, and be in a safe space where we can learn and grow amongst a group of like-minded people. And I can't wait to meet you in there and hear what it is that you're working on. We'll be sharing resources. You will see me go live in there and we will have plenty of opportunity to refine our skills as entrepreneurs and as creatives trying to produce our best work ever. The link to the group is in these episode notes and I look forward to hearing what you're getting started on right now. If you enjoyed this message, please pass it along to somebody you know who needs it too. Thanks for tuning in as always. See you next time.